another struggle, another obstacle, another problem. Ain't no telling where I'm about to go. Ain't no telling what I'm about to do. But I don't need you telling me what I need to do or who I need to be. Just let me be free. Jesters, good morning, Jestets, good morning, fellow Jesterians. Good morning, Mr. Pickle. I love you. I miss you, man. Uh, let's have a cup of coffee someday, man. Let's have a cup of coffee tomorrow at 2 o'clock, man. Hit me up. Oh, schnikey butts. Listen. Life is good, man. You just gotta, you gotta realize. You gotta look. You gotta, you, you gotta look for the good. You can't just dwell on the bad. It's. I've recently figured out. Well, I, I don't know if I want to say figured out, but. You always have a choice. You have a choice to be happy, or a choice to be upset. Now. There are some people in my life that are doing a few things that, you know, I'm not too happy about. Excuse me. You know, it's nothing horrible. It's nothing bad. It's just... Excuse me. It's just different than what it was. And some of it is uh, not different, and it should be. But... One will never be happy if one compares their life to others. Because your life is completely different than anybody else's. So why why would you want to compare your life to somebody else's, man? You know, I got a pretty good thing going on, man. <laughs> why do I keep saying man? You're a fucking idiot, <laughs> man. <laughs> Shut up. Oh, man, but shit, yeah, good shit. You can't have 100% of everything you want in somebody because there's no such thing as an absolute. So how would that apply in the re in the in a relationship type sense? There's no such thing as 100%. You are not going to find somebody who thinks exactly like you do so you have to have some leeway you have to there has to be a give and take but hopefully one side's not taking more than they're given that that's kind of the problem i'm running into sometimes but i don't know because like i said there are different there's shit going on in everybody's life man they have everybody has their own life to live and who am i to be upset because their life is is jumbled right now. So, you, you know, fucking just chill out. Chill the fuck out and relax. Shit will get better. It always does get better, man. Because this is temporary. You know, don't, don't go around being selfish. Do shit for... Keep doing, keep doing what you do, man. Keep... You know, keep your head up high. Be positive. Just keep keep going because life is going to get better. Life is always getting better if you make better decisions. If you put good out, good will come back. 
that's that's just how how it is. <clears throat> I I can't. I don't know why it's that way, but it is. I'm a, I'm a big believer in karma, man. Do unto others. Becca's home. She was dropping Mr. T off. He's a senior this year in high school. Mwah, 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 mwah. Oh, well. What are you going to do? What What are you going to do, man? Shit. I don't know. Fucking beat off in the closet. I'm trapped in a closet. <laughs> You're such a fucking idiot. You're such a fucking idiot, man. But who knows? I got my shillelagh. Because a jester always has to have a shillelagh. Because he's got to beat those snakes. He's got to have a snake beater. Because there are a lot of fucking snakes in this world, man. And it's my job to beat them. <laughs> Come here. Let me try out my shillelagh on your head, buddy. Pow, pow. I see. I'll probably just jab him in the gut a couple times. And then with pow with the other side. Right up against the chin. Out cold, fucker. Go fuck yourself. Don't be a snake. <laughs> snakes. We fucking hate snakes. <sighs> Have you ever been walking through the garden and had a cobra sitting on a stone and you look the cobra deep in the eye? You you stay further far away. You don't want you know you don't want to be in striking distance, but you just gaze into his eyes. You kind of sway back and forth. And you're like, Mr. Cobra. And he speaks back. It's weird. You had no idea. But he speaks back. And he's like, yes. I'm like, what's up, buddy? Just chilling. It's what I do. And I'm like, whoa. And I just, I'm on my way. <laughs> I just, I started walking, man. I, I, I <laughs> Jesus. Wow. That just, <laughs> you're awesome. Good shit. <laughs> I don't know if y'all are as entertained by that as I am, but goddamn, that was funny as shit. <laughs> mm. Oh, snaky bottom buttholes. Okay. So, oh, snakies. Fucking dogs need to quiet down, buddies. Let's get into the UFC. Let's see what kind of bullshizer, donkey shizer, kind of donkey shizer NPR is trying to sell us today. Shall we? When I'm at the grocery store recently, I am getting major sticker shock in the checkout line. And I'm buying all the same stuff I usually buy. I've had to triple check my receipts, make sure <laughs> something wasn't rung up twice. And it's right. not just food. Oil prices keep climbing. Prices for goods like cars, used cars, are going up again. Supply chains are still a mess, which means that inflation numbers will probably still be elevated when the Labor Department offers its monthly consumer prices snapshot this morning. NPR's economics correspondent, Scott Horsley, is watching it all, and he is with us this morning. Hey, Scott. Good morning, Rachel. I'm going to start this conversation by promising not to say pain at the pump. Now that I have made this promise, why are gas prices so high? Rachel, oil prices have been on a tear lately. Uh, the U.S. benchmark topped $80 a barrel this week for the first time in almost seven years. That price is more than double what it was a year ago. Mm. 
and gasoline prices, which ordinarily fall this time of the year with the end of the summer driving season, have instead increased by about seven cents a gallon just in the last week. Now, what's driving all? Why? Yeah, let's let's. <clears throat> okay, so why? Because it's, it's a pandemic. That's going to be the excuse to why poor people are losing more of their fucking money. It's the goddamn pandemic. That's the blame for this. I bet that's what they're going to say. Let's listen. This is a strong rebound in demand for oil and production that's growing only modestly. You know, the Saudis and the Russians are sticking with their plan to increase output only gradually. And domestic producers are also not turning the taps wide open. That's partly the lingering effects of the the hurricanes we had in the Gulf of Mexico this summer, but it's also the case that inland producers have been pretty disciplined about not flooding the market and driving down the price. So you see, there that's the fucking problem with the goddamn oil fucking run world, man. They don't want to flood the market because they like making money. They want, they're just going to keep on supplying just the right amount just to keep you paying them more. Just so they can make more. See, it's all about fucking money, man. Now imagine what would happen if... Uh, that, that That's exactly why they fucking ruined uh, Nikola Tesla, man. Because he wanted to give everybody free power. But no, no, no. There's too much fucking money to be made for fucking assholes in fucking oil. Gas is more expensive, so are the cars we put the gasoline in. I mean, is this still the semiconductor issue we've talked about so much? That's a big part of it. New car production continues to be hampered by that shortage of semiconductors, and so there aren't a lot of new cars to choose from on dealers' lots. The ones that are there are pretty expensive. Uh, car makers are using the chips they do have primarily for pricier and more profitable models. That has pushed more buyers into the used car market, and you know, used car prices skyrocketed during the springtime. They were a big factor behind inflation for several months. It looked like that was cooling off late this summer. We saw used car prices dip a bit in August, but now the wholesale price is on the rise again, so we could see another jump in the cost of used cars, if not in today's inflation report, then maybe next month. That said, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen told CBS News last night she still believes higher inflation is a temporary problem. I believe it's transitory. Oh, she doesn't fucking care, man. She doesn't fucking care because disappear she makes her own fucking money. Literally, literally, she makes her own fucking money. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is... This... The scamdemic was a big, bad fucking idea, man. Horrible fucking... Just to make richer rich... Just... Jesus. Are you fucking stupid? It's just to make the rich richer. Is why the fuck this happened? And you got people arguing with each other. Friends arguing with each other over bullshit. Because this whole fucking thing is bullshit. Whole fucking thing is bullshit, man. It's fucking sad. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell has acknowledged these supply chain disruptions have proven to be larger and longer lasting than the central bank thought. So uh, part of the problem with the supply chains involve the ports, right? Can you explain what's going on there? 
Well, one big piece of news this morning, uh, the Port of Los Angeles, which has seen record volumes of import cargoes during the pandemic, is going to announce today that they will start operating around the clock seven days a week to try to clear some of the, the backlog. Uh, the neighboring port of Long Beach made a similar move several weeks ago. Between them, those two ports handle about 40 percent of all the container traffic into the U.S. Uh, the White House is also announcing that major retailers and delivery companies have announced that they will shift shit. some of their pickups that in those ports shit. to overnight and weekend hours in an effort to ease congestion. Now, of course, ports are only the gateway, so you're also going to have to see efforts by trucks and railroads and warehouses all along the chain to ease this. Truckers never stop, man. And Truckers Scott never Marcy, stop. Thank you, Scott. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Let me tell you a little bit about Shine On Botanicals. Shine On Botanicals is a family-run hemp farm. They grow the hemp so they can grow the cleanest, purest medicine that they know for their son, who has suffered a traumatic, debilitating brain injury. They make it so he can have access to the purest medicine that they know. And now they want to bring it to you because it's an awesome product. I've been using it for months. We have anything from human tinctures to pet tinctures. The CBD roll-on, it's awesome. CBD tinctures are awesome. I feel 20 years younger with all my creaks and groans gone. It's awesome. To place your orders, email the promoting jester at gmail.com. Tell them what you'd be interested in doing. They'll hook it up for you. They'll send you an invoice and everything will be set. Let's get back to the show. Pipeline operator, a meat packer, a big city police department. They are all victims of hackers who locked up their files and held them hostage this past year. Those security breaches are front and center for a two-day virtual summit at the White House. It starts today. Representatives from more than 30 countries will try to figure out a way to take on the threat of ransomware. For more, we are joined by NPR cybersecurity correspondent. This is just happening now? Well, better late than never. Jenna McLaughlin. Jenna, thanks for being here. Good morning. So who is showing up at the summit? So it's a big group, Rachel. You've got everyone from Eastern European countries like Ukraine and Romania to the United Arab Emirates, Brazil. The White House says that they were chosen partially because they've all had problems with ransomware, too. Ukraine, for example, is already helping hunt cyber criminals. Just a few weeks ago, the FBI partnered with international law enforcement and Ukrainian officials to arrest ransomware operators. They posted videos of piles of cash on YouTube, a classic international sting. Uh, I talked to President Biden's deputy national security oh, advisor Jim and cyber Joe. emerging technology, Ann Neuberger. She says those types of arrests are top of mind this week. One of the panels will focus on disruption, and these are exactly the kinds of efforts that we have in mind. The partners who join us around the world are those where there is um, experience in criminal cyber activity. And of course, there's the question of Russia, where lots of cyber criminals actually live. Fucking Russia. I thought we were done with Russia. We're going to China now. The White House says Russia isn't invited this time. Uh, they're focusing on a separate channel with Moscow for the moment, and they're seeing some progress there, but they're continuing to put pressure on them. So how do these countries protect themselves? I mean, what does the Biden administration say it wants to get from these big meetings? That's a good question. The White House isn't sharing a lot about the specific agreements it hopes to reach this week. But one factor involved is helping foreign partners get better at following the money. And this... Do you know why? Because what the U.S. government really wants to get out of this fucking summit 
is they want to get ways to beat these goddamn countries' uh, cyber walls protection because they're fucking corrupt, man. That's why they hold these summits, man. <laughs> wow, I just realized. Come on, man. That that makes perfect sense because our fucking government is crooked as fuck. So why would they not do crooked as fuck shit? I mean, it's just linear. It's the way they fucking act, man. It's what they fucking do. It's cryptocurrency. Similar to how the Justice Department a little while ago recovered $2.3 million from a Bitcoin wallet for Colonial Pipeline when it got breached by criminal hackers in May. Right. Additionally, while the White House says... That's that right. I think even back then US, we, we were think talking about it, that it was the fucking government sessions. that did that shit. So India is gonna because the government is defense. fucking crooked as fuck, man. Yeah, Jesus. They're driving this country to the fucking ground, and we're going to be fucking Chinese speaking Mandarin in 10, 15, well, no, because the world's going to end. Well, the world, shut the fuck up. The world's not going to end, but shit's going to be different. Life as you know it's going to be different. A recent estimate pegs payments at almost two million on average in 2021, and they're going after the biggest targets who are most likely to pay. And it's also not the first time that national security officials like Ann Neuberger have gotten interested in seemingly lowly criminals. So a couple of years ago, the intelligence community got involved in the Sony hack because North Korea was behind it. Uh, this time, NSA Director Nakasone is saying that ransomware is a national security threat and that the government is surging against it. And, you know, Ann echoed those concerns, Fucking but she stressed that there's strength in numbers in fighting this. Firstly, there's always hope out there. That being said, we fight ransomware day by day, um, and it's something where we need many partners, American individuals, companies, partners around the world to fight it together. And one last thing Newberger said, you should always use multi-factor authentication. Ah, I am busted. I need <laughs> to do that on so many different devices. NPR cybersecurity oh correspondent Jenna McLaughlin, thank you. Shut up. Thank you. Who the fuck cares about you? You're a douche monkey. Seventy-one degrees and cloudy. A beautiful little store down in the heart of Lakewood, New York, at 50 Chautauqua Avenue. Or you can find them at 710andcloudy.com, where they have smoking deals on your smoking accessories. They have glass. They have smell good. They have dab rigs, posters. They have apparel. They have everything. Get your sessions with the Jester shirts there. It's an awesome little store. Make sure you use code SWED10 at checkout. Save 10% off your order. Now let's get back to the show. All right, a company that makes vaping products scores a big win. Yeah, the FDA says a particular kind of e-cigarette can stay on the market. The authorization is the first of its kind from the Food and Drug Administration, and it comes as the FDA is still deliberating whether Juul and other e-cigarette products can still be sold. NPR's Allison Aubrey has been following this, and she joins us this morning. Hey, Allison. Good morning, Rachel. So explain, explain the details of this decision by the FDA. Sure. The FDA has been wending... As we all know, the FDA is crooked. Check out Ivermectin and uh, hydroxychloroquine. But, hey, let's listen to see what the FDA says, shall we? ...products such as apple crumble or cinnamon toast crunch cereal. Mm -hmm. These flavors clearly designed to appeal to teens, but the agency has decided to authorize a line of products called... Excuse me? 
excuse me, clearly designed, clearly designed to, what, you saying adults don't like fucking sweet shit, I, okay, go fuck yourself, <coughs> that's a fucking ridiculous fucking argument, you can't even fucking, because they're sweet, then they're aimed at fucking teenagers. Go fuck yourself, man. You're not allowed to have sweets when you're a fucking older age person. Go fuck yourself. Views marketed by R.J. Reynolds Vapor Company. Now, the key difference here, they are tobacco flavored. And so, in theory, are less appealing Whoa. to teens. So? Remember, the original rationale for e-cigarettes is that they were less harmful than smoking and could help adult smokers quit basically the fda said the company submitted data to demonstrate that that is the case with these views products okay so what has the reaction been to this decision again well, there's a you lot see, of criticism the again they're trying to they're trying to fucking control motherfuckers man if you give up safety or if you give up your rights for safety you deserve neither. American Lung Association says the FDA's decision to authorize the marketing of views products is troublesome. They point to a recent security. I should have said the word security. The go-to brand for about 11% of high school students who vape. Another concern is that these products have a high concentration of nicotine, which who is the fuck cares? To Matt Myers it's addictive. What does it? What else does it fucking do? Who the, the fuck cares? Rejecting the flavored products. Well, fuck yourself. He was critical of Stop the being rude. For its Stop saying that shit. That's... Views. The oh, FDA did not pay close enough troglodyte shit, the bitches. Experience <laughs> or the real world experience with products that deliver this level of addiction. The most recent You're a data dick. show that over 40% of kids who <laughs> use cigarettes are addicted. And at a time when about 2 million kids report vaping, he says this is a problem. So the FDA for still home. has to figure out whether other... Who is it a problem for? Can stay on the market, right? Who the fuck is it a problem soon? for? Yeah, People want to smoke nicotine because nicotine has some beneficial elements. And they get addicted. Who the fuck cares? They know the fucking risk. You're not a goddamn nanny. You aren't here to fucking... Protect people, you piece of shit. People can make their own goddamn decisions. The history and their actions are clear that they're interested in addicting a new generation. No, they're interested in making fucking money. You need to stop fucking trying to protect the kids. And go now, Jewel is making the case that the company is focused up. on helping adult smokers quit cigarettes. They're not marketing to teens. The FDA could announce a decision at any time. NPR's Allison Aubrey, Shut thank up. you so much. Fucking ridiculous thank you, bullshit. If you have a news story that you'd like to submit to Getting High with the Jester, go to anchor.fm forward slash N-O-R-R-O-D and leave a message. I will give you $5 worth of free advice on that news story. Let's get back to the show. And that was the UFC for October 13th, 2021. <laughs> These motherfuckers, man. Uh, it's a good thing I'm fucking here. But <laughs> I wish there was more people out there just trying to 
call 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 other news outlets out on their bullshit so we can fucking rein this fucker in, man. This is starting to get a little fucking insane. Jesus. Like today they're talking about uh, the inflation. Uh, there's supposed to some sort of uh, monthly statement's gonna come out from somebody. I I forget. I was. It's all because of the goddamn scandemic, man. It's a fucking. Uh, that's how it happens, man. Oh, like there's not like we all know what <laughs> the fucking uh, the government mixed with the media. They're they're working. It's it's a fucking mess. And they're controlling you. They're controlling everything for their fucking benefit so they can make fucking money, man. Uh, excuse me. I mean, I still fucking remember. I don't know what episode it was. It's, I have it recorded. Go back and check. Excuse me. Where the dude said that he didn't realize the fucking corruption at the top of the fucking military brass, man. And it... It's all corrupt, man. That's just that we're living in a corrupt. We're living under a corrupt fucking leadership, man. The whole fucking thing is just goddamn ass backwards, and I'm fucking tired of it, man. Like they're holding this fucking summit, or they're then they're inviting. Cause they're not inviting Russia because Russia is already hacking. Or they're not hacking, but they they probably know what the... I trust what Russia says a hell of a lot more than what our fucking government says. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, man. They're doing something sneaky at this goddamn hacker convention, I promise you. I promise you. That I can't fucking promise. And then the last story was about the fucking e-cigarettes, man. They're trying to fucking tell you what to do. They're trying to save the kids. Go fuck yourself. They only say it's a, when they say it's about the kids. You know it's about something completely different because they don't give a fuck about the goddamn kids. They don't give a fuck about anybody, anything but their own goddamn bottom line. It's the goddamn fucking words they say. Just to get you on their side. <laughs> goddamn. Woo woo hoo. I'm so glad I started this podcast, man. You see, I get out here in the morning. And I'm thinking, what am I going to talk about today? And I don't really know. I just fucking get it, yo. I just do it as I go. Pull it out my arse. And so far, so far it's worked decent. Hell yeah. I stopped trying to get Mr. Ben to come on because he's fucking busy. I understand that 100%. He's got so much shit going on. How the fuck is he going to have time to come on to my little ass show? But it's okay. I understand that. Mr. Ben, we love you. Man, keep on keeping on, brother. And speaking of Mr. Ben, 
I had totally forgotten that he uploaded another disaster video last night. So we're going to play that first and then we're going to go into today's space weather. He's right, you know. This video is postlude number three to our 2019 documentary, Cosmic Disaster. The tune stays the same and more scientists are racing to get in the door. This is advanced catastrophism at its truest and that means it cannot be your first rodeo in this arena. Below the video and most of our videos, you can find a link to the Disaster Series playlist, all about the 12,000-year catastrophe cycle. If you have not done the preparation, this video will mean very little, like skipping the first two months of class and then showing up on a Tuesday. Hopefully, this includes at least the first seven videos, but in a pinch, just the seventh, the initial documentary, Cosmic Disaster, is a great place to start. The first post-lube is the very next video, Earth Disaster, A Science Revolution. And then, if you are short on time, you can absolutely skip all the way down to the disaster cycle marching on and the special message to you. That was post-lube number two. For those of you who have done the homework and are ready for the demonstration of the continuation of the rebirth of catastrophism, it begins now. The expansion of the Nova category in progenitors and triggers continues, including the Nova-like variables and those that seem to jump around between the categories. This is, of course, imperative to the bigger picture of the more widespread understanding of the variety and range of Nova events, triggers, and progenitors. We continue to see more identification of the processes of ozone destruction. This is expected as an ongoing effect of our weakening magnetic field and is now seen in the only positive ozone trend being at the South Pole, where those chemicals had previously accumulated. And that analysis didn't include the record low ozone levels in 2020 were dropping worldwide. We also saw how the drops in ozone can hide in some data sets and not in others, which is where pretty much all of those opposing statement papers are coming from. We follow up the previously reported weird animal behavior with the orca attacks. No, it's not unheard of, but they are acting out in incredible numbers and in as unfamiliar waters as those sharks and whales and racing pigeons. We also continue to see the ongoing geomagnetic biology topic advance from that navigation and other aspects of magnetoreception to even the negative effects of inclement space weather and geomagnetic minimum during secular variation, like the magnetic excursion we're heading towards now. The continued identification of polar summer mesospheric echo signatures brings back the big story that thermosphere temperatures are wholly driven by the sun and geomagnetism. Way up there in the sky, it's not CO2 as was previously believed. There's no signature of it at all. And so their explanation of CO2 for those mesosphere changes takes another hit. The explanation that it's the Earth's weakening magnetic field is strengthened. When you continue to get confirmations of the natural forcing down to the stratosphere, the explanation that it's Earth's weakening magnetic field working those layers above again is strengthened. Then things get very interesting as the Heinrich events, already tied to the 6,000-year solar cycle, now are also tied to the tropical hydroclimate events as well as those cold outbreaks at mid and high latitude. Speaking of which, a super green, greenest of the green Sahara is what existed at the last half cycle 6,000 years ago. The NOAA event, which needed more evidence, got more in the volcanic realm almost right on the nose. And in the isotope record, 
where this might be the best example of it, as the impact on deposition dwarfs what we saw even at the full 12,000-year cycle event, the Younger Dryas and Gothenburg magnetic excursion. Speaking of which, the volcanic evidence from the last event got strengthened as well. We add Texas sediment evidence to that in Europe of the German Eiffel volcanic complex during the Younger Dryas. And when it comes to the LLSVPs, the Earth's internal skeleton, we got a non-flashy but critically important aspect of their character confirmed as recycling crustal material is found near the edges of the LLSVPs, but they themselves are not subducted crust. They are, in fact, core mantle boundary protrusions. These and the low-velocity zones are critically important aspects of the disaster disruption in terms of the geophysical insult. And when it comes to mantle heaving, earth tilting, and the waters below, the evidence for unthinkable reservoirs beneath our feet rang out once again. We're standing on more water than you can envision, a lot more. Of the few Earth's rotation glitch stories, this was my favorite of the last 75 days. And for those who don't know, it is already mainstream science that many of Earth's length of day glitches, our rotation hiccups, are tied to solar storms, geomagnetic jerks, and longer solar cycles. This just happens to be a half harmonic of the sun's 3,000-year flare cycle. Speaking of geomagnetic jerks, the latest one was a global event. This compared to the 2017 event concentrated in the Pacific sector. It's not just the upper atmosphere having anomalies we can easily tie to the changing magnetic field, but the field itself continues to show new tricks. And speaking of new tricks, how about this one? Yes, it's just the baby step for the white dwarfs. Why they don't extend it further when they know solar flares produce elements, every known element was detected in the solar wind by the JPL Genesis mission in the 90s, and the ongoing studies in this field are exceptionally detailed. Recall from previous updates that we know the sun's helium content is changing, and recall the number of coronal rain stories we had this week, how the falling condensate triggers eruptions, how it is triggered by a disruption at the upper corona, where the magnetic fields of the sun responsible for the helium change are also known to be changing. And this process represents the second way to get the solar micronova shell built up. We've now got two options under the disruption from the galactic magnetic reversal. And that shell, while heated in the micronova to nuclear relevant temperatures, is in fact released via deflagration. As we continue to see discovered in space, deflagration of the accumulated shell. Of course, we've seen the other planets continue their destabilizations. Mars seismicity increased in magnitude again, and the biggest one lasted 90 minutes. Jupiter's great red spot is tightening, and the wind is speeding up like a ballerina pulling arms in to spin more quickly. And we got confirmation about Pluto. It did lose a fifth, 20% of its atmosphere, in no more than two years, 2016 to 2018. The galactic sheet forcing the solar system shift continued to be flushed out mathematically in the models, but still showing too broad a region between galactic magnetic reversals. We did get some big confirmations of unmixed gases and waves of high-density clouds tens of parsecs apart. That should sound familiar. It's how I describe the gunk stuck to the electrostatic current sheet. We got a critical scalability confirmation about flux interactions from the heliopause out into galactic space, and it works exactly how the Earth-Sun magnetic connection works at the polar cusps as well. We'd hear the same in the abstract for a talk coming next month, confirming the current sheet and Parker instability-like nature of the rippling galactic field is indeed not just observable, but workable into the models. All you need is Nova-level energy along the way.
You heard correctly. Now, they used supernova in the paper as an example, but mathematically, if the current sheet triggers super flares and micronova and dwarf nova along the way, you get the same, if not more, energy. And so let me go ahead and simplify what I just said for you. We have shown a lot of the evidence already. They know from the polarization, dust density, gamma signatures, and more that the galactic current sheet ripples every few tens of light years, bringing the galactic magnetic reversal. But they have never been able to quite make the observations fit into their model or the theory. Now, what it finally took to bring those models and theory up to the observations of the current sheet was Nova-level energy along the way. You've got to be kidding me. After all this, the galactic magnetic triggering of the solar micronova and similar events throughout the galaxy is what it takes to complete the picture. Not on board yet? Let's add to everything we know about the Earth's rotation and the sun, and add in the fact that it's the thermosphere super-rotation, its faster rotation than the ground below, being due to energy from above and geomagnetism. This, of course, must be true if all those other connections we've implied down to the core are true as well. Last but not least, folks, I think they finally spotted the dust. Their asteroid explanation is not a good one, and basically they've just realized there is more dust in the solar system than there should be. And if that's not the prediction of the last three years come true, I'm really not sure what is. Presuming you have done the homework we talked about, I imagine right now it's a little shocking to see everything that's happened in just the last 75 days since postlude number two. If you didn't do the homework, you probably didn't make it this far. I'll see you in the morning for the daily update. Be safe, everyone. Remember to subscribe to Suspicious Observers on YouTube. Get full impact of his videos. Goddamn. And get up to date with uh, everything he's saying. I mean, it's, it's God damn. Buckle up, buttercup. It's about to get rough. <laughs> Fuck yeah. So, let's, uh... <laughs> let's find out what space weather is going to be for October 13th, 2021. Good morning, Mr. Ben. Good morning, folks. Hopefully you saw the special video last night. We will follow that up with more catastrophism today on the website tonight, and we're throwing a climate punch, too. We're starting with our star at spaceweathernews.com, and find the last 24 hours on the sun were very quiet. Minor motions continue. We had no more significant solar flares, and all the small releases are heading away from Earth. The solar wind has dropped back today, elevated intensity fading back in the plasma stream. And you can see the geomagnetic conditions did reverberate at those low levels after the news for a few hours and are re-entering calmer conditions this morning. Now, let's go to a space mystery. They have discovered a mysterious polarized radio signature from near the galactic center, and they have absolutely no idea what it could be. It's showing up with the weirdest frequency in the pattern, and there is utterly no visual counterpart. Its signature doesn't match any known type of star or even a theoretical object they could concoct right now. The options are everything from a new energetic paradigm event at the galactic level to aliens trying to say hello. Up next, we're at Nova events. New Chandra Look is investigating older accumulation deflagration boom stars and finding a remnant spectroscopy in combination with other scopes that is able to isolate the radio signatures of the accelerated electrons, the infrared of the dust produced by the Nova, and the other plasma around it still excited to be shining in X-rays. They were able to pull hard bands to do a deeper dive on both the silicon content and the iron content. 
gorgeous. The macro version of the Micronova events, and my only hint at tonight's website deeper look episode, is look at the distributions in the younger supernova we know. Think magnetic dusty pinballs. And we are back at the AGU conference abstract. Gonna take some doing to not violate YouTube's new climate rules on this one. First, we're seeing an excellent bit of wording on how explosive the space energy can be integrated into the Earth system, and not just the ionosphere, but the atmosphere as well, as opposed to the slow trickle-down solar forcing in the models. This paper we saw yesterday as part of the ozone destruction story, but the latitudinal extent tells us the reach of those explosive injections that we saw in the last paper, and the icing on the cake. YouTube rules. Can't call climate change a hoax, can't say we're not warming, can't say humans don't contribute. All of those are true, but to what extent? How much are humans contributing versus Earth's weakening magnetic field, letting in more space energy? Here, they're finding a phenomenally embarrassing omission in the climate models. The higher energy burst can outperform the energy deposition of the lower energy electrons, and what's more than they're often missing over half the space energy forcing is that these penetrate down to the D region of the ionosphere, rather than just the upper E region. Climate science is no scam. We're warmer than we were in 1850, and humans contribute to climate change. A bit. The rest is the sun and geomagnetic secular variation. We greatly appreciate your support. If you didn't catch last night's catastrophe video, most have been shocked at everything that's happened in the last 75 days. Website members, I'll get that special deeper look out for you later this afternoon. We've got wind maps and shots of our star to close. Subscribe and we'll do this all again tomorrow. Right here, but right now at 6 a.m. in the new Valley of the Sun. Eyes open. No fear. Be safe, everyone. Oh, yes. Eyes open, no fear. Be safe. Make your decisions well. Fuck yeah, man. Well done, Mr. Ben. Stellar fucking episode. Stellar. Shout out, Benham. Shout out, Benham. To the Good News Network. For the quote of the day. The thought that life could be better is woven indelibly into our hearts and our brains. Paul Simon. He turns 80 today. The thought that life could be better is woven indelibly into our hearts and our brains. You strive to be better. You strive to make, to make your life easier, to be smoother, to be more efficient. <laughs> So, be a better version of yourself. Smoke weed every day and make shit happen. That's all, folks.